I mean, I think I made it the minute I took something from my brain and put it down on paper. Um, obviously, I want to be successful enough to, you know, to only do this, you know, let my husband quit his job. You know, do, I mean, but to me, that's all just like the perks. I think the craft, like making it in the craft is being, you know, brave enough to take something from your brain, put it on paper and show it to somebody. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, Dan Moyle. Welcome, storytellers. I'm your host. I'm your tour guide. I'm Dan, and I love story, and I love that you're here. I love sharing the stories of storytellers that I know and admire, and some I'm just getting to know along with you. And that's the case today as I get to know Allison Pearl. I am so excited. I will tell you all about Allison in just a moment, but before we get into that conversation, a nudge to visit my website, go to the storytellersnetwork.com for past episodes with amazing storytellers, links to resources to help you tell a better story, and contact information for me if you'd like to shoot me a note. And be sure to subscribe via email so you get monthly updates with new episodes and what's going on with the Storytellers Network. You can sign up all at the storytellersnetwork.com. Now for the show, Allison. Allison Pearl is an author that I uh, got connected to through another writing community member on Twitter. And I'm so excited to get, I get to bring you her conversation with me. Allison is a Christian suspense author and she has written the Love and Danger in St. Clair series, two books so far, but more to come. And we will talk about that as well as what it means to be a Christian genre author and where this stuff comes from. Uh, a great conversation today with Allison. So let's get to her stories. Allison Pearl, welcome to the Storytellers Network. Thank you for joining my conversation. Thanks. Fun to be here. So I, I love, so I've, I've been doing this now for two years, uh, over 100 interviews, and I love the idea of talking to storytellers, but this season in particular is really fun for me because I'm talking to authors specifically uh, and part of the writing community that I've come to know a little bit through Twitter. So so I'm excited for this. Uh, I also was doing my research a little bit about you, found that you've got this great pair of books and more coming, I hope, on this uh, Love and Danger in St. Clair. So uh, so this is exciting for me. Um, let's start at the beginning. You're obviously an author, but have you always thought of yourself as a storyteller? Well, I think I'm a story lover that's, you know, trying her best to be a storyteller. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so have you been, so are you like me? You've dabbled in writing your whole life and you've finally figured out that you could make a living at it? Yeah, it's something I think I did before I realized what I was doing. Um, ever since I was a kid, it kind of started with uh, Star Wars, uh, A New Hope. And my sister, I was super little. Um, my mom played me Star Wars and it was like 
life-changing. I was like, I didn't know movies like this could exist. I didn't know stories like this could exist. Mm-hmm. And so I was super hooked on good books, uh, good movies. And then uh, one night I was snooping around um, in my sister's because I was annoying, an annoying little sister. I was snooping around in some files she had saved to our like monstrosity of a 1990s home computer. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like the whole side of a room. But I was snooping around in her stuff and I found that she had started a novel. And I think it just kind of clicked for me that I was like, oh, not only do good stories exist, but you don't have to be famous or special to try and write one. You can just be a little kid from a nowhere town tapping on the chunky buttons of their huge 1990s keyboard. Mm-hmm. So That's I think awesome. I've been writing ever since. All right. Now you mentioned Star Wars where we were recording with video, but not publishing, but I have my little baby Yoda Star Wars here that I was given as a gift. So that's fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love baby Yoda. <laughs> right. Right. Mandalorian is amazing. I tell you, it's, it's amazing how many stories are out there, you know, and, and, and yet there's, there's ones that just aren't told yet. So, so that's what you're doing with, yeah. with your series. You're telling these. So let's talk a little bit about your, your books, Glazed Suspicion and Dunked in Trouble. Um, where did that idea come from for you? I mean, ideas come from everywhere I know, but this particular storyline, where did this come from for you? Most of the time, I think it kind of just came from an empty stomach and a caffeine craving. Like, (laughs) I love donuts. (laughs) I love donuts. I love small towns. I like fun, you know, suspenseful stories. And so it just kind of started that way. Um, And it, you know, came out pretty easy once you have the snacks. There you go. So instead of starting your own donut shop, you created Nikki, who has her donut shop. So you can live vicariously, right? Yeah, that's too hard. To... <laughs> <laughs> right. This I can do. That I can do. <laughs> sure, yeah. So what does it look like for you then being that storyteller and working on these books? Are you writing every day? Do you write just kind of when you can? How does that work for you as a published author now? Um, I am probably not the best example. I'm like the person who's, you know, staying up for two days straight because they have a deadline (laughs) Um, and, you know, drinking coffee. I would advise any writer to write every day. I can't say that I do. Like I do writing in my head all the time, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just so hard to combat distraction and make yourself sit down and start. Um, But I'm kind of always thinking, (laughs) <laughs> absolutely how many yeah how many books do you have just kind of in your head right there's it's un unnumberable, yeah. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, what is it that you love about being a storyteller and, and an author what about stories do you love I think I just love being a part of it all um a part of this like group of people who were brave enough you know, to say once upon a time or to sit down and type chapter one. I think it just feels like such a, I don't know, noble calling, I guess. That's a little <laughs> cheesy, but it's, just, it's, it's such a fun way to live your life. And what, I mean, yeah. And whether you're starting with once upon a time or, or however you started, I mean, that really is, 
what it comes down to for all of us, right? We think about once upon a time and how to be a part of that, that quilt work of other writers. So, um, who would, who would you say inspired you most then to start that? Um, I wanted to read books that I wanted to read. I wanted to write books that I thought other people would want to read. Um, and I kind of just wanted to pay forward the gift that reading has been for me, um, you know, to do for somebody else what so many great books have done for me. Mm-hmm. And is there an author in particular that you can think back to other, I mean, Star Wars you mentioned and, and great movies. Is there an author that you've come back to over the years or do you just like so many that it's hard to say? Well, I like a ton and I read pretty much uh, any genre. I love pretty much all books, but I do remember when I was a little kid, I read the first novel I ever read was uh, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. And um, I was probably a little too young for (laughs) some of the themes in there, but uh, the chapters that depicted uh, the character Helen Burns were so like, life-changing to me like she's completely opposite of who I am and I knew I'd never like live up to such like a great woman that she was even though she was a child but I like wanted to be her BFF um and when her story in the book ended uh I remember like I had to look up the meaning of resurgum which is uh the word the Latin word that Jane puts on her gravestone and when I found the meaning I just started to cry because it means like I shall rise again and I think I was crying because I knew on some level it was true that characters like her are always going to rise again because we're the evidence of them. Like those characters are so real to each of us. Hmm. And so I just, you know, I always, I swear I read that book like once a year just to like remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. Isn't it amazing how powerful it can be? that you could be moved to tears like that. Um, Allison, I like what you said about Jane being the opposite of you or the the characters being the opposite of you in Jane Eyre. And you can get lost in that. Is, is that part of why we love stories so much? Yeah, partly. Um, They show us kind of like the things that are impossible they kind of like make it so you can touch the impossible. Like you can be the person you never thought you could be. You can do something that you, I mean, there's no bullies in a book, you know, it's kind of like a story can stay, you know, can stand up to the naysayers and pessimists and be like, you know, you tell me I can't do this or I shouldn't do this and I'm just going to do it anyway. Kind of Mm -hmm. thing. I think they just make things so real. Mm -hmm. And how, what else does story do for us as humans uh, on a, on a macro level? Why else do we love stories? I think that for me, um, stories can teach me something, um, either if it's about a person or a culture or, a you know, a lifestyle, I feel like you can learn anything from a book. Or if you don't feel like learning anything at all, you can just pick one up and escape for a while. Hmm. I mean, the bills, the stress, 
all the demands are still going to be there when you get done, but at least you can come from, you know, face them from a place of rest or, you know, of happiness or joy of seeing this like story play out. I think it's just, Hmm. I think it connects people. I like that connects people. Yeah. And I heard it, I heard it said in one of my conversations, um, it connects us and it teaches empathy because you get to feel what another character, another human, you know, possibly feels another character feels. Um, yeah, it's so powerful. So, so that's what you love about storytelling as a consumer and as a writer as well. What's one of your biggest challenges when it comes to storytelling, Allison? I think it's the same as probably a lot of other writers. It's distraction. It's, you know, hard to be jealous with your time to make sure that you have the time to sit down. You have the time to think about it. Um, you know, even at home, like I'll try to write at home and then, you know, the dog is, looking at me like, Hey, let's go outside and play. <laughs> I mean, it's good things, it's great things, but yeah. distraction is rough. It's uh, kind of an a-hole a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> distraction is an a-hole. Absolutely. <laughs> Shoot. I, f- I find that with everything, <laughs> whether it's writing yeah. or getting my job done or spending time with my family. I'm like, yeah. but I want to go do this other thing. I'm, I'm distracted. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, how do you, battle that then what do you have a trick for you that you're like okay this is you know a place that you go to write a time of day that you go to write uh something else that you help curb that challenge um i think i'm not the best at it Mm -hmm. uh as i said i'm like a fly by the seat of your pants like get (laughs) things it's you know i i wish i could say i get up every morning at 5 a.m and write um (laughs) it's really i just fit it in wherever i can and a lot of it is sacrifice it's being able to say hey no i can't go do that thing i need to do this (laughs) all right so making hard decisions sometimes yeah so allison you said you love all genres um i I find it i find it very interesting that that you live in the, the the greater macro christian genre but christian thriller suspense this kind of a thing do you so let me ask why the christian genre and then we'll get into maybe some other stuff about that i find it i find it very interesting though um i uh i started in the christian genre because i you know had been filling up papers and like writing stories and i never did anything with them and so uh i started like researching different genres and um i sometimes have like an issue with certain uh, Christian genres where I think they sometimes make people seem a little too perfect uh, when we're not. And, uh, and so my father-in-law always says the thing that annoys you is the thing that you should try to fix. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, decided to write a couple of, you know, just get my feet wet kind of uh, Christian suspense novels. And then I uh, submitted them and, uh, Anaya Press liked Blaze Suspicion, and so they, you know, allowed me to <laughs> to write more. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm in that genre now uh, because I, as a person of faith uh, who values their faith, I want to read a real story about somebody who, you know, has has that faith and the struggle to get it, the struggle to keep it and the difficult things and, you know, also just be good to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you say then is the difference for you between like, let's say Christian suspense 
versus secular suspense? Um, I think for me, a lot of the times, um, Christian fiction kind of loses the suspense part, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know in chapter one that everything is automatically going to be okay. And I think sometimes when you're picking up a faith-based book, you're assuming that there's going to be, you know, always a happily ever after. And there's nothing wrong with happily ever after. I just want to make people question, well, maybe there won't be a happily ever after mm-hmm. in this one. I just kind of want to, you know, make it suspenseful like make it a thrill make your heart race make you get mad at me for the way i you know for the direction i took a character sure yeah and and does it have to like like how much of faith is part of that christian genre then if i'm reading one of your books is you know every chapter the characters end end the scene at church (laughs) or is it just kind of a lighter (laughs) a lighter thread throughout it? Like how, how, what can we expect in that, in that genre from, from Alice and Pearl? Well, I think for me, and I think this won't change even if I change genres, you know, like this is what I'm writing right now. You know, who knows what I'll be writing in, you know, a year or two, but my faith is only the lens through which I make decisions and I face you know, things that come to me in my life. Like, it's just, you know, it's kind of a part, it's weaved into my character. So it's not like every, you know, book is going to be this like big moment of like conversion where the person's, you know, going to church is going to be more like people like me every day who, you know, look at the world through faith and the challenges that come that way. And, you know, it's not the goal. It's part of the journey. It's not the goal. It's part of the journey. I like that. The, I also, what I heard you say was it's the, it's the lens, but not the pulpit, maybe. Like, you're not preaching. It's just part of who the characters are. Yeah, no. I don't cool. ever, I don't like characters who preach at me. I don't like books, you know, no matter what their, you know, intention is. I don't like books telling me what I should do. Um, I just want to tell stories about other people of faith like me who are facing, you know, difficult things or fun things or mysterious things or, you know, sci-fi things. Um, I just, I want to read that and I haven't yet. So I'm going to try to write it. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I didn't really think about this, but you know, I'm, now where I am in my life, very strong in my faith and very proud of it and love talking about it. I didn't know, I wasn't always there though. And I'm, I'm a big fan of music. So as much as I love to read, music's been my thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so for years I would listen to only, like I would never touch a Christian album because it was always super cheesy. And I think what you said about, it has to be the, perf- the person's perfect. And I was like, I, I don't want that. That's not what I want. I don't want to be preached at. Everything's perfect. I like my music. But now I listen to all different kinds of music, including Christian including Christian, you know, rap or metal or just worship in general. So, so it's not just about Christ. It's about the faith through which you see everything. So that's kind of how I, how I took that. So that's, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should look into some more Christian authors then. Oh. 
Yes. Well, hopefully when we all get there. <laughs> right, right. When we so, all catch up. Yeah, yeah. So where do you find your inspiration for your stories then? As a storyteller, as a writer in particular, an author, where do you go back to to recharge and find that inspiration? <laughs> um, I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's just that question always comes up in interviews and I hate it every time because do I don't really have an answer. Because um, essentially it's asking like, where do you get your ideas? And um, I feel like I should have an answer. I, I'm i doing this. I feel like I should have an answer. So then I just start looking up other writers. I'm like, do they know the answer? Have they figured out where their ideas come from? Uh, it's right. kind of a panic-inducing question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mean to give you panic. Have, have some chamomile tea. Sorry. Um. <laughs> but I would, like, the best I can really do at answering it is to kind of say that I start every book with a scene or a moment, you know, that I either see around me or, you know, that pops into my head. And then everything else around it, all the other words, all the other plots, it just kind of comes piece by piece uh, as I'm kind of working through it. Okay. No, and I think it's, it's, it's fun to hear other answers because I can think, you know, when I want to write, I look to things like music, the setting, ideas that I've seen in the, in the, throughout my day or whatever, but everyone's so different that whether you have a true inspiration that you go to or whether it's piecemeal, like what you just said, it's inspiration. And I love hearing those stories. So that's, that's a great answer. It doesn't have to be perfect, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So what would you say is a an example of a life-changing story that you can think back on on your life? Oh, uh, well, I already mentioned Jane Eyre. That was a pretty uh epic story for me. Um, but I feel like since we're talking about faith, um, I remember being in church and everybody hating on the Old Testament because it was so like violent or cool. And I was just like absorbed in those books and like, you know, and the monarchies and the, you know, the, the crazy plot twists that were going on in there. Um, and so I think like, you know, from all my other books and then like reading that, that's probably kind of what birthed this like move into characters who have, a faith element in them. Okay. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. The old Testament can be difficult, but there's so many great stories there when you dig in. Yeah. Um, that's a great <laughs> yeah. tre treasure trove of inspiration right there. There you go. Um, I, I, I read in one in an interview that you did where you said books are the bridge between walks of life in them. We can all find some common ground that yeah. it makes. Uh, so I, I love how I love that. I love how you said that the bridge between walks of life. Do you think story stories and storytelling and story enjoying can do that for us where we are today and, you know, 2020 where things are so rough sometimes, how powerful can story be when it comes to finding that common ground? I mean, I think just look at the popularity of like television shows, you know, like I can watch like an epic like good television show and I can talk about it with someone who is you know a completely different ethnicity a completely different faith a completely different you know lifestyle and yet 
we can be like, oh my gosh, when that happened, I just about died. So, I mean, it is a way to connect people, you know, because it's not accusatory. It's not like a preaching thing. It's just like, look at this story that came from somebody's brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if we spent more time around cups of coffee or campfires talking about stories like that? (laughs) It really does bridge. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, What do you think making it? looks like for you. Um, you've got two books out right now. You're working on more. You're, you know, it seems like you're living a great author's life. Uh, your husband and your dog and enjoying stuff. But what is, if somebody said to you, you've made it, what does that look like to you, Allison? Um, I think, I mean, I think I made it the minute I took something from my brain and put it down on paper. Um, obviously I want to be successful enough to, you know, to only do this, you know, let my husband quit his job. You know, do, I mean, but to me, that's all just like the perks. I think the craft, like making it in the craft is being, you know, brave enough to take something from your brain, put it on paper and show it to somebody. In my opinion, you've made it like you're a writer now. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's, that's encouraging. It doesn't have to be a million, a bestseller or whatever. Just the fact that you've made the story come to life, you've made it. That's really, that's encouraging. Um, such a positive person, Allison. I love it. It's, it's so good. So if you look at the, the landscape of where we are today um, in writing in particular, how do you think social media has affected our storytelling craft today? I think it's just connected us more. Um, I know like when I was a kid being like the nerdy bookworm in school was kind of isolating, but you know, now I open up Twitter, Instagram or Facebook and I'm one of millions. Uh, So, I mean, it's just, it's connected people based on, you know, this, fiction or nonfiction it like connects people of all different you know areas of life about one thing and I really like that it's nice to know that we're not alone right it really is very cool Mm -hmm. do you think there's any downside to the social sphere uh harming our storytelling craft You know, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm okay with it. Like there's, no, there's bad things about everything, but as a whole, I like being able to, you know, talk to people in other countries that I would have never met without social media about books. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say there might be, but I'm fine with them. I'll take the bad with the good. I mean, we sort of have to, right? But the good outweighs hopefully the bad. So that's a great perspective too. Um, so do you have a favorite way, uh, to tell a story, a different platform, whether is it the, the books that you've written? Is it short story? Is it poetry? Is it some other, is it, is it verbal? Do you have a favorite platform? Um, my favorite is probably books. I'll always write books to me. They're just like miracles between two covers. Um, I have tried my hand at short stories. Uh, I have a lot of respect for people that do them well. I just don't think I'm one of them. I don't 
think, and I think it's a very special and important skill to be able to write a short story. And there are some short stories that I absolutely love. Um, but I, that's not my thing, but I do love film and it would be a pretty awesome experiment if one day I got to do some writing, uh, for a film. Um, but I'm probably just going to be sticking to books. Well, maybe one of the books would turn into a film and you can help on the screenplay, right? Yeah. Or they'll pretend I can help. So I'll be like, sure, you can give us a little thing and then <laughs> <laughs> there you go. patronize me. There you go. Well, hey, write a book about a filmmaker and there you go. Just like the, the donor show. Right? <laughs> awesome. This is a lot of fun, Allison. I, I really appreciate you taking time. Um, I'm going to ask my last question here in just a minute, but I want to give everybody okay. a chance to make sure they connect with you. Uh, where's the best place to find Allison Pearl online? Um, I am on Twitter a lot uh, at Allison Pearl 5. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so you can definitely, I'm on Twitter a lot, I think probably the most, uh, cause Instagram means you guys take pictures and I'm not always the most photogenic, but I'm always ready to fire off a snarky tweet. So <laughs> check me awesome. out on Twitter. Awesome. And I can attest to Allison is very, uh, accessible on Twitter. Uh, you took my, my message and, and got on the show. So thank you for that. Um, I'll link to that in the show notes, uh, on, on storytellersnetwork.com. So there you go. Now, Allison, if someone were to say to you, you can no longer be a storyteller, but you can have one more story. What would that last story look like for you? I think, um, I think the answer would be the answer of a lot of writers. I feel like we all have like one or two manuscripts that are like in the desk drawer or saved in a folder on their laptop that they're kind of just sitting on and waiting for a moment when they're either ready to be vulnerable enough to put it out there or if they're ready like for the world to be ready for it. Uh, for me, uh, it's the story of Max and June. Uh, it's a manuscript I've had for quite a few years in my desk drawer. Uh, it's two kids in a uh, strange but not entirely unfamiliar world who kind of take a journey together. Um, Max wants to prove, you know, that he's special and important, and June wants to prove that she doesn't have to be those things to still matter. Uh, so I'm kind of just waiting for the day when I get up, look in the mirror, and decide I'm ready for that one. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wait alongside you and look for that, Max and June. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Allison. This was a lot of fun. Um, I look forward to uh, keeping up with the Love and Danger in St. Clair series and uh, counting yeah, online. Okay. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much, Allison Pearl. You can connect with her at the links in the show notes. Did you enjoy the episode? Well, consider sharing it with someone who could benefit from it or who just might enjoy hearing Allison's story. Social media, an email, share it with a person just that you talk with. All of those ways help spread the word on these conversations with storytellers. Let's change the world through story together. And if you want to share your story with me, go to storytellersnetwork.com to connect with me or email me directly, dan at storytellersnetwork.com. Be sure to subscribe as well. Get an email every month with new information about what's going on, with new episodes, that kind of thing. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Until next time, here's to telling our stories and having those stories to tell. Cheers. Cheers.